0: And here we are for episode number two of the Kinkus.com podcast. And today's topic is all about consent. Brother, welcome as always.
1: Thank you so much, Matthias. It's a pleasure to be here. You know how much I love hanging out with you and talking to these fine folks about all these wonderful things that we have to bring them.
0: Yeah, today's topic is uh of extreme importance and yet uh last last week our opening show we just talked about what it is to be in the world of bdsm and kink so if you haven't checked that out definitely go to kinkist.com check out our archive or listen to whatever streaming service that you're on and just check it out the first one so you can understand where we're coming from in the world of bdsm and kink and today we're talking about consent and uh, just to give you an overview, we'll dive into some of the more technical definitions, and um, my partner here, the Real McCoy, has all that. So, but what I want to say is just a general concept. Overall, is consent is a tool that initiates any activity. Without it, no activity is initiated. So, if you you think about it. Um, very simply as a key that starts a car, you don't start messing with the gears or trying to do anything to the vehicle without it starting. Otherwise you cause damage, like you don't just force things into gear or anything like that. You need to make sure that, um, that the key is in the car, that the key gives you the permission. Like once you have that key and it's turned on and you're ready to go, you have that without that key, the car goes nowhere. Nothing happens. And that, that to me is the simple mechanical way. If you have it, it works. If you don't, it doesn't. You can try and do all these other things, but either you have it or you don't. Either it works or it doesn't. It's it's pretty straightforward and simple. But we're going to give you lots of examples to really understand in detail uh, consent and how that works.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm 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 really excited about this topic. Um, I think that you know just a just a upfront trigger warning. This may be. Um, hard for some people to talk about or hear they may have had some some past issues with consent so i just wanted to give everybody an upfront trigger warning that we are talking about some subjects that could could bring upon um some feelings um so just wanted to kind of talk about definitions of consent as a noun it is permission for something to happen or agreement to do something and as a verb it is to give permission for something to happen or to do something. That's the basic definition of what consent means. But as Matthias mentioned, it's it's very much like a key to a car and you can't turn on a car without the key. And you don't have permission to drive the car without the key. Um, so if we if we look at, at terms of consent as that key, then with, with when you have the key, you're good to go. It, it drives, it starts, and everything's fine. But without that key, it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, and, and another way to look at it is with that, with the key. You have the key, it's working fine, everything's fine. As soon as that key is gone, the car doesn't work. It's gone. Like, so you, if you're driving and someone takes a key, removes the key, it's off, you're done. Like, the car doesn't work until you get the key again. So um, it's it, It's really simple. It's very mechanical. Like, that. that's the thing. It's, it's probably one of the most... Um, most boring and simple but most important parts of uh, the world of bdsm and any type of sexual interaction it's not like a, it's this big complex thing that really needs to be explained it's it's very binary it's um, it's on or off so and you can get to on and you can get to off and then there are ways to be able to get it but it's either a yes or no and, and getting that clarity is of utmost importance
1: in this world Absolutely, absolutely. And in in terms of consent, there are, are three major types of consent that are are discussed today. And we've got um, explicit consent, meaning you said yes, we're good to go, or you have implied consent, you implied or acted like you consented, you 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 seemed like it, you seemed like you wanted to, or there's opt out consent, you didn't say no, therefore you consented. In terms of BDSM and in terms of kink, we only identify and only use explicit consent. It's either a hell no. It's either a hell yes or it's a no. Yeah, we keep it, once
0: again, extremely simple. There's We don't like in the world of 50 shades of gray and there's all this gray area. We don't really do that. That's not something that anybody who has operated in this space in an adult, intelligent, experienced manner, um, really looks at Uh, consent is, I I would say stronger here than any other community that I've been a part of consent is an absolute, so it's either it's black or white. There's no gray in there. It is a yes or a no. And if it's a getting to a yes, it's still a no. If it's a no, then it's a no. If it's a maybe, it's a no. Wait till it's a yes for anything because it just doesn't work. So, um, yeah, so let's keep going because there, there's a lot of stuff to come into. And we'll we'll look at like all the different, uh, we'll, we'll look at a lot of different concepts that change the way uh, consent is given. Um, or manipulated, and, and we want to be really careful with that. So we will talk about a lot of those different scenarios. But once again, it's very clear: it's a yes or no, no maybes, no other words, no. mm-hmm, uh, no. Wait,
1: get the yes. So, yeah. all right, we're going. Some things to, to uh, consider. Continue on. Some th- some things to consider about consent um, are your ability to consent, and you you must have the ability to consent in terms of your legality. Are you of Are you of correct age, whether in your state or in your country? Are you of the correct age to be consenting to the activity to which you are? Um, is it Is it legal to consent to the activity that you are consenting to in the state or country? And and you're responsible for knowing the laws in your area of to what those those legalities are. Um, ignorance of the law is not an excuse. You you must. You must know where you're at, what you can consent to. Another uh, thing to consider when you're talking about the ability to consent is: Are you under the influence? Do you are, have you been drinking, or are you doing any drugs that would prevent you from having the legal ability to consent? Yeah, and that's
0: that's really a big one. And I think um, people. You know, a lot of the times now, I mean, we're in some really just a crazy time. So, like uh uh, consent, coercion, manipulation—these, like, this stuff is is happening all the time. And you know, you you'll see contracts will be voided if somebody signed it under the influence of something. Absolutely. So, not you can lose. Yeah, you can you can you can lose your ability to um you know you might have had a business deal, but somebody was under the influence of drugs or alcohol or anything like that. So you want to make sure. That uh, that negotiation and that um, request or permissioning is done under full conscious, you know, good conditions or, yes. or great conditions, but not under any conditions that they're manipulated. And being under drugs or, or alcohol is is a substance that manipulates your natural,
1: normal state of being Um so yeah, that's that's the thing. Or, Even or a arousal. Yeah, yeah. Or if you're just mentally stable to be able to yeah. consent to whatever it is you're doing. Are you in the mental state where you can consent? Yeah, all big things to be aware of. What else so, do we have here? So then we fall under coerced consent. And coerced consent is when pressure is placed on someone or something in order to get them to consent. Um, it could be peer pressure. It could be um, an, uh, an owing thing you owe me. Um, you know, uh, a classic example of, of this in the patriarchy is I bought you dinner, so therefore you owe me something. And this happens all the time. And that's coerced consent. And that is not acceptable within the king community or BDSM lifestyle. It's not acceptable anywhere, if you ask me. Um, but in today's society, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, and, and this is, you know, this, I would say, is something that I'm very adamantly against in all areas of life. And you, you'll you see this, you, the, there's the term the carrot and the stick, right? That's another form of coercion. If you're going to give someone a reward for doing something, or you're going to punish them for doing something. Uh, an example of a reward, oh, do this and I'll buy you that jacket you wanted or 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 that bag you wanted or you'll get a car or a fur like any time that's like that's manipulation or uh do this you know intimate act with me or I will out you to all your friends that you're in this lifestyle or I will ruin your job or I'll ruin your career right or you won't be able to go out in public if there's a threat of any type that is also coercion. So the the whole thing is when it comes to consent, what they're consenting to, and the only thing that should be exchanged there is their desire to do or not do the activity. That's the only thing that should be on the table. If you start attaching other things that have nothing to do with the activity, Someone's job has nothing to do with their activity of how they engage with you. That's not that's not a thing of consent. You know, them having buying a car or buying um, clothes or bag or anything like that has nothing to do with the consent around that activity. They should be consenting to that activity for nothing else other than the joy of doing that activity or the want of doing that activity with you. Anytime anything is uh, negotiated around anything outside of that, I see it as a uh, manipulation of a of,
1: of foul nature. Absolutely. You said it. I mean, being a sex worker does not mean that they, they want to have sex with you. You know, dressing provocatively does not mean that they want to initiate sexual contact with you or any kind of contact whatsoever. So consent is is very important in these. And, and you talked about wanting And you may want to do this in that, you know, in that environment, but it might not be the right moment. So you have to separate want from consent as well. Uh, You you know, um, someone may may have the desire to do the act that you want to do with them. But like I said, it, it may not be the right timing or for some reason there might be something that throws it off.
0: Yeah. And the thing is consent can be given and taken away at any moment. Like that, that's the thing is it's not a perpetual, you know, green light the, and, and we'll get into to the lights and colors we use here in, in the world of BDSM, but it, it, it changes from moment to moment. What was a yes can be now be a no, something could happen. Like there's a lot of different things that, that change your state and that's okay. And it's it's a constant back and forth between who you're with so it's not just like oh i said it, i have to go along with it it's at any time you have the right and the freedom and it should be something that feels good to use between you and your partner um and i can talk about some other exercises i like to use and just to practice consent because this is a really good thing because some people have a hard time actually expressing their no's um, and things like that. So it's good for you if you're engaging with someone to know that they have the ability to do it and that they've uncomfortable um, saying no and, and saying yes to things that aren't as heavy
1: as an intimate or, um, sexual situation. Yes, absolutely. You cannot say yes unless you know that you have the ability to say no. And that's, 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 that's good very point. important. So, um, Another thing I wanted to mention about coer- coerced consent while we're here, though, the last thing is that it's not a democracy. No, mul- no set of multiple people can convince you to do an act or to do something that you don't want to. So this is, this is all about you and what you want and what's best for you. It's not a, it's not a matter of multiple people telling you this is okay
0: yeah and in pure pressure and and uh to go off of that that's once again that's an external circumstance that is not just between you and the person who's asking and requesting to uh, participate in any activity with you so it should only be between you and the person who's looking to participate in activity with you in which consent and that activity that's desired is being participated. Once again, if you attach anything other than the value of that experience that you're exchanging, now it becomes manipulation. Oh, well, our friend said, and this and that has nothing to do with anybody else. Once again, you attach something to it, manipulation, call it quits, try another day. Like it's no, there's no need to try and um, negotiate these things with external um, caveats. The only reason to negotiate is for the thing itself, not for external validation from other people, not for job privileges, bonuses, um, access to other things, or punishment of anything being removed from you or restricted to you. It should only be about that thing and that thing alone. And that's
1: it. Absolutely. So some safety acronyms that we use most commonly within the kink community and within the BDSM community um, are... RAC, PRIC, and SSC. And these are all safety and, and um, protection-based acronyms. And RAC stands for Risk Aware or Risk Assessed or Accepted Consensual Kink. And this represents the idea and understanding that you acknowledge the risk involved and you are aware and have agency of the intended play.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's a pretty thorough explanation and I love that um that you have agency. You know, and you're aware and you have agency. It's not just something that's being surprised on you. You're aware of what's going on and you have the, the freedom to choose and you do choose to engage in whatever it is that you're engaging in. Um so yeah, so that's Rack, and then he said prick.
1: Yes. Prick stands for personal responsibility and consensual kink. And this represents the idea and concept that everyone is responsible for themselves and providing their own consent. And that's, that's where the aware or the agency comes in that you talked about earlier. But in this one, it's, it's personal responsibility and consensual kink. So it's really, really focusing on the fact that you have a personal responsibility to be aware of your surroundings, be aware of your risk and be aware of what what could potentially happen in order for you to consent to it. Yeah, I I think that's a big one too, is the
0: personal responsibility. Is um, there's a lot of different roles in the world of BDSM and a lot of different games that can be played, but uh, consent is always your responsibility. Uh, The other person can participate in making sure that your uh, consent is enthusiastic and absolutely clear. But at no time are they responsible for your consent. That is something that is strictly yours to be given and withdrawn. Um, It doesn't matter if you're a sub. Doesn't matter if you're a slave. Doesn't matter if you're a pet. Doesn't matter if you're a pony, a a clown. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the title, whatever it is. You are still a sovereign individual and consent is yours 100% of the time. Um, And don't let anyone try and convince you or coerce you or manipulate you otherwise because of punishment, this, that, the other. Um, there, there are even games of consensual non-consent, but then there's still consent. <laughs> there's still a consent yes. in that there. There's, there's still, still that. So, and that's a whole different conversation, but once again, personal responsibility, consent is yours. It cannot be taken away from you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we have SSC, which is safe, sane, and consensual. And I, you know, a lot of people like this one and it's, it's just really easy and it's, it's just, but it's, it doesn't cover the responsibility part of it so i think that's why uh rack is probably the most common used within the bdsm and kink community because it, it talks about the risk awareness yeah the the safe and consensual is kind of like a
0: broad stroke um like okay we're doing something is it safe there's a little bit of risk involved with any intimate act so you know you're aware of that and you're you're working with that um Sane is well. That's just crazy by anybody's standards. <laughs> you know, that's just that's just that's just crazy, like by anybody's standards, because that usually falls in it's not safe, and thus far it's uh, not sane. And
1: then, um, you know, uh, safe and consensual, and that's you know just agreeing. That's obvious. Everybody's everybody's agreed to do the activity, so we're all good yeah. there. Um, some of the differences between security and safety that should be mentioned, though. Um, our safety comes from measures and boundaries we put in place to protect ourselves. And security is the feeling of protection we get when we assume we have applied enough safety measures. So you can sometimes get complacent in your rack assessment. And in, if you're with someone that you're more comfortable with and that they've, they've taken care of all the things before in the past. So, so you get kind of complacent in your, in your, um, your risk assessment and that's where you can get things muddled between security and safety. Yeah. So it's very it's very important to stay up to date on your risk awareness and to check in constantly on on what could possibly happen and 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 to make sure that you've protected yourself against that because ultimately, Dom, whatever it is, it is your responsibility personally to protect yourself, even if you are negotiated under the protection of someone else. I think we can get going. I think you did a a great job on that one. And then, um, so what are some ways that we can maintain objective risk awareness in our king practices? Number one, don't be complacent in your practices. Just like I said, number two, be adaptable to your surroundings and unique circumstances. So be flexible, you know, be, be aware and not every time you're in the same situation, is it going to be a consent? You know, if you're, if you're being aware, then you, you can assess the situation and realize that this is not a good time for me to consent. Um, and attend, attend classes in person or online on headspace theory, skills, and techniques. Those will, those will help immensely for you to make sure that you have, uh, an educated sense of risk awareness. Um, frequently check in with your partners, whether you're a dom or whether you're a submissive, you should, you should check in with your partner and make sure that their headspace is good and they're, they're prepared and, and they're able to provide consent. Like we talked about in the, in the earlier chapters here, um, about, uh, legality or whether or not you're under the influence. Um, be open to critique, I'm sorry, be open to critique and new ideas, um, it's very important in the in the community that we're open and and humble and um of ab- able to take these types of criticisms because they will help keep the community safe. Um, reflect on and revise practices when necessary. If someone has critiqued you and someone has has mentioned something, then reflect on it. Take some time, and you may you may find that you have some practices that need to re- uh, revise in order to maintain safe practices and um, uh, offer up. Uh, a, a more protected consensual play. Um, next, we have uh, revocation of consent, and um, like Matthias said, and I'll let you let you go ahead and, and talk a little bit more on this. But but consent is something that can be revoked at any time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, there there are two things I think um, you had in the notes. and I want to make sure that we we address these and we don't miss. And that was a false sense of safety and a false sense of security. If you wouldn't mm-hmm. want
1: to jump back to those. Oh yes. A um, false sense because, of safety. What are the effects of those? Yes. A false sense of safety makes us blind or avoidant to the deficiencies in our practices. So if you become safe and complacent, then you don't see the things that you're you're not doing that are safe that you're doing that are not safe. Um, so it's very important that you maintain a, a fresh set of eyes and and look at your practices constantly. Because they're So that's the always... like thorough, being
0: thorough and not getting lackadaisical, like, oh, yeah, I totally have that covered. It's like, no, go through the checklist. Do you have, you know, all the safety measures for the
1: things that you are going to do tonight? Absolutely. And can't... checklist, not just I like, can't... oh, yeah, I know they're there. I can't tell you how many times I've gone into my bag um, after, you know, agreeing to tie someone and I go through my checklist and oops, I forgot my shears. I can't, mm. I can't, I can't tie you. I'm sorry. So Someone got a spear set of shears here. <laughs> yeah. got a spear set <laughs> like, of shears. Because
0: <laughs> if not, there's no scene tonight. Yeah. And that's, that's something he's referring to in the world of any type of uh, tying or rope play. One of the big safety concerns is making sure you have quick release or safety shears. So it's something to be able to cut a, re- cut a rope or anything that's, um, you know, bonding you um in a hurry and if you're doing any type of play with tying and things like that and someone can't untie you that is a serious red flag you you want to see that before before going into that but that's that's uh, that's a big concern anything in that world yeah. that's so uh, cool. that's just safe and if you if you feel like oh yeah i got it covered i always have them i forget my charger to my phone I, you yeah. know, I'm not gonna like, it, and that's something that's vital to
1: everybody. So, yeah. So don't think, uh, don't or, think you can't. You're. Or you it. get into that situation where I never needed them in the past. Why am I going to need them now? It's just the, those, those, those safety measures are there for a reason. Whether you use yeah. them once, never, or every single time, it's important to make sure that you've gone through your checklist and and maintain safe practices and don't get complacent because of yeah. false.
0: It's like a seatbelt. It's like it's like a seatbelt. It either, you know, you can wear it a thousand days, but it's that one day if something happens, that's gonna be the worst of it. So um okay. just have it that that checklist is your safety
1: belt. Yeah. Uh and a false sense of security, brother. What do you got there? Yeah, a false sense of security can enable us to relax our safety measures to the point that we are no longer risk aware. Mm. So that's thinking that oh yeah no they got it taken
0: care of or I got it taken care of, um yeah we 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 totally got this yes um it, it basically, so now we're not looking at the other things that could go wrong
1: yeah it we, basically not we're not, it no, we're not boils a, down to complacency is is you know as soon as you get complacent with it you start to lax and that's when accidents happen and you know it's it's not fun to watch. <laughs> Yeah, so. and if you're going to be
0: in, if you're going to be operating in the the space of kink, it does take a bit more uh, concentration and focus and participation uh, than in the traditional dating world for many people. Like, for many people in the dating world, it's kind of loose, and whatever can happen, we, we just hope that it happens and it works out well, and that's the best. But in the kink world, things are consensual they're very clear they should be very guided um, within yourself and with the the part there should be some focus to it it's not just um, you know oh we're we're just going to do some type of tying or we're going to do some type of doing anything haphazardly when you start um, dealing in the world of kink can lead to um, trauma injury and and in extreme cases you know lifelong injuries or death like anything can happen when you're when you're dealing with this so you want to take it uh, seriously um, and with care and, and yeah. by doing so you can have an amazing, um, phenomenal life altering time, but without it, it's just, it, it just opens up a can, it's like a hidden, you know, it's a hornet's nest otherwise. So you want to yeah. make sure you have everything else, uh,
1: in place. Yeah. We are definitely doing dangerous things where you could be injured. And, and when we, you know, uh, hurting is one thing, injuring is another, when you get hurt injured, it's no longer fun. Yeah. So we're going to jump so, into re, yeah. uh, revocation of consent and yeah. safe words. And uh, I know this is a, this is a topic that you like to, uh, to tackle. So I'll go ahead and let you um, talk about our safe words.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There, there is, and uh you know, in the, in the blog and uh, in our write-ups, I'll definitely share the link to, there's, there's a great uh, little piece and that's been floating around in the world of consent about tea. And it's very simple. It's just a really, it's like a really gentle way to deal with something that's very serious, right? So consent is is no laughing matter. It's not a joke. It is very serious, but it goes with tea. If you think of tea as an intimate act or sex, you know, being sexual and you ask someone, oh, would you like tea? They can say, yes, great. Then you prepare tea and you get the tea ready and you come back to them. You want to have tea? And they say, yes, great. Then you share that tea and you have that tea and you have a great time. If you make that tea and you get everything ready and you come back with the tea, like, okay, here, I have your tea. And they're like, oh, you know what? I don't want it anymore. You know, not going to be like, you know what? You're going to drink this tea. And like, no, I don't want it. Like no one, no sane person is going to try and make you, you know, drink tea that you don't want anymore. Um, And it goes on for a number of different scenarios. If somebody says they want tea, you make tea, you come back and that person's sleeping. You don't start pouring tea in somebody's unconscious mouth. That's just, that's not what you do with tea. So it's it's a really simple way. It's like, oh, they said yes, but now the tea's getting cold. So they better drink it now. No, they either they want to drink it cold or they don't want it. So it's, it's a really simple way to engage with anything in consent it should be that simple and that easy but in because of the world of intimacy is so charged emotionally we lose sight of that this is an offer and acceptance and at any time you could be drinking tea and you'd be like i don't want any more and you'd be like no you must finish this tea it just doesn't make any sense right this is this is not um that's not reasonable in any world and no person is going to want to have tea with somebody who behaves that way <laughs> like, right. that's just not right. something that you're going to want to engage in. So, um, at any time you can say no, or that's
1: enough, or I don't want it or more, please. Or you, right you to put too much things. sugar in it. <laughs> you know, you put, all no, all I, a sudden, I don't like, I don't like cream in my coffee. Sorry. Or I don't like cream in my tea or and you know, now I don't want it anymore. Now I don't want now it Now anymore. I don't want it.
0: You're not going to say, oh, well, I'll make you some new tea. And they'll be like, well, do you want it? Like, well, no, I'm kind of my, – my appetite for tea is done. Okay, well, maybe next time we can have tea another day.
1: Very simple. Very simple. It's very buddy. simple. So you Try to force it down their throat, and they're good, likely going to throw it in your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you try and do anything like – you you think about someone like trying to make you force you to drink tea and how much you're going to defend yourself, let alone doing anything to somebody's body that they don't want you to do. Are you out of your mind? It's right. very very simple. It should be just as cordial. It can be romantic. It can be whatever. You can say in a deep voice, "Would you like some tea?" Right. Hey, it, that might get you
1: some tea. That might be like, "Hey, I'm interested in tea now." Uh, but maybe, maybe not. And then you're like, I, "Okay." I can't say this enough. The best way to deal with rejection is to not have expectations when you go into it. Um, As a, as a masculine male or as a, as a, as a a, a male figure, it's so easy for us to forget that all we have to deal with is the fear of rejection, but women on a day-to-day basis have to fear getting killed in a, in a relationship. Greater violence. Yeah. Yes. Threats of greater violence. So, it's it's very important for us as masculine males to take the lead and not have these expectations and go ahead and, and verbalize the, um, the conversation and get it out there so that they know that you're a safe guy that is going to respect them and allow them to have their voice, whether it's no or not. Yeah, and,
0: and this is where I say... You know exercises in the withdrawal of consent you know at, at this point uh you should have some type of rapport and relationship built up with the person to be able to even uh, you know ask for consent in in the way of um you know anything intimate right so you you should be at that level and if you're at that level i encourage everyone to play play the game of oh just say no like make crazy offers, just have them say yes and no back and forth, play a game just so they can get comfortable saying no to you and for you to get used to hearing it in a comfortable environment where it doesn't really change anything, right? All it is is an offer and acceptance or offer and rejection of that offer it's not a rejection of you it's the rejection of an offer like you are a valid human being for who you are but your offer didn't really land i mean comedians have jokes that don't land and people went there trying to laugh like so if you think about how much work they went into it and they think it's going to hit and it doesn't hit and then it's like oh well the audience rejected me no, it's not really personal. Maybe not that time, maybe a different audience at a different time. And you know, that really lands. So, um, you know, to lighten up with it and play games where you can say, Hey, do you want to eat this brick tonight? Like, no, I don't want to do that. just like, get used to, it's just ridiculous things. So you can get used to, um, just engaging without consequence. Yes, you would. Okay. Let's figure out how
1: to eat that brick. Yes. Setting boundaries. Very, very important in BDSM is knowing how to set boundaries. So, um, but some of the the uh, more common safe words that are used besides, you know, pineapple. I've I've heard you know people use pineapple or apple or, or things like that. These are what made that popular. I I, I think it was, it was just having having a safe word that you wouldn't normally hear in a sexual An environment. Intimate. Yeah, and so that was, was a movie. So- And so people, oh yeah, there, there's definitely been movies with pineapple Pineapple as, as the safe word. But I think it's just something that you would like wouldn't hear in the bedroom normally. So, you know, somebody yells out pineapple, you know, Hey, that's their safe word. It's time to stop whatever the activity is. But, um, safe words generally in the BDSM community so that everybody can remember them. You know, we use basically the traffic light system. And so would you like to go ahead and explain?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I can, I can definitely go through that. So if you guys all remember from traffic school, you have three traffic lights they are pretty universal everywhere you go. Some places there's just green and red and many places there's green, yellow, red. So green means everything is good. You can keep going the way that you're going, however you're uh, flowing with that. You can, you know, speed up. You can go easy, whatever the case may be. Yellow means that um you know it's getting close to a stop it's going towards red and red means stop so if you're at a yellow you just know like okay you could keep coasting and you might be able to make it but know that it's getting close to red so if you keep going it's going to go to red so you need to make sure that you are um you know within that safe zone and you're not um, you're not going on beyond that. Cause you know,
1: it's going to turn red if you keep going. So, um, and then sometimes, red, sometimes yeah, yellow, sometimes yellow can also mean, um, that particular technique or that particular item activity that you're doing is not something that I'm liking right now. So it's important on a yellow, when a yellow is called just to check in and, and ask why the yellow was called. Yeah. So, so that, that's the
0: thing is it's definitely yellow is a great time to check in. Um, but it, it it's not a red, but a red is always a red. <laughs> like red is immediate stop. There's no, well, I can just, you know, kind of coast on a little bit more. No, now you're in an intersection and it's dangerous. Like red is an immediate stop. There is no room for like, oh, I can do anything else. No, you just actually stop. You can slow gently to a stop if it's something that is dangerous if you stop too abruptly or anything but you are making a direct you know progression to a stop in which the person that you're interacting with is aware and feels your stop and you you you've negotiated this before but you are stopping very
1: clearly yes immediately going to um stopping of all play and going into check-in and aftercare um they usually negotiated aftercare but if you you know if if there hasn't been negotiated aftercare then it's an immediate check-in and, and finding out what their preferred aftercare is yeah and what else we got here brother let's see so we've got negotiating uh consent for play um and using safe words let's go to um i got a couple comments about safe words first of all Anyone in a scene can use a safe word it doesn't have oh, yeah. to be a submissive it doesn't have to be a bottom um a pet anything like that a dom um an, a, a handler um an owner anybody can use a safe word i i've i've safe worded out of scenes many many times because i felt it just wasn't working um whatever i was doing wasn't working for for her or it just wasn't working for me maybe i just wasn't feeling whatever it was that i'm doing so i'll safe for it out of a scene and let the let the bottom know i'm i'm safe wording out sorry it's time to quit and i've i've had you know them uh obviously uh dismayed about that at times but you know they understand just like they should and 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 that's the way we as 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 masculine males should accept that same way. Um, when someone is calling a safe word or revocation of consent is, is taken away. Um, the other thing is using a safe word is not the goal and you should not push someone in order for them to safe word. Um, and there's no shame ever in calling a safe word. You know, you shouldn't push yourself to not safe word. That's how injuries happen. Um, and you'll just, it's it's not saying play anymore. So yeah, um, that's that's all I have to say about safe words. And then uh, we're moving yeah, on. No, I, to... I can
0: I can ch- chime in a little bit about that oh, too because it. in in the role of and this is something that I I would like to see um, more DOMs have the I guess awareness and the connection with the sub to be able to safe word out. When the sub is going through something where they're not able to do it themselves, but because they're either in subspace, maybe some trauma is coming up or something else, that you have as good of a connection if if you've developed that relationship, if it's an ongoing relationship, where you know that you know what, it's better to go ahead and safe word out and stop the scene now, and then find out what's going on, and then we can do another scene another day, and maybe pick mm-hmm. up where we left off. But I've I've had to do that in uh, sessions, and I have to say I'm so happy that I was able to read it because they weren't stopping, and they would allow themselves to endure greater um, pain or that would have led to injury um, if I wasn't aware of their state of being. So the whole thing is being safe, sane, consensual, as well as connected. I think that's another piece is being connected in that situation. So. Uh, there's degrees of consent right so somebody can be saying yes but every other part of them can be saying no and for you to be able to have that perception in reading, and reading i do a lot of this in, in the different um you know cosmic sexuality and in, in conscious kink is there's also energetic connection so you can see that somebody's saying yes but they're not really into it they're tuned yeah. out and it's like okay are you on something there's something else you're not really present you're not really involved i'm just going to end it because we're not having the energetic exchange we're not having the fun there's something else going on yeah and and i encourage you to develop that relationship with whoever you're playing with in these spaces so you can read them that well that uh, they might be saying yes but the body is a no so yes. i'm going to go with with
1: the body until everything's a yes it's still a no for me yeah yeah absolutely it's i mean it's still up to the individual to maintain responsibility for their consent but it's nice as an experienced dom to be able to read um someone else and know that for yourself as a dom it's safe it's safer for you to go ahead and call your safe word now and and um I strongly urge people to focus on the fact that it's it's safer for you as a dom to call that safe word. Um, you're not you're not just doing it for the safety of your bottom or for your submissive. You're doing it for yourself as well.
0: Yeah, and and being able to do that will build a stronger bond between you and your sub. Like they'll know that wow, you're being more perceptive. And I know one of the things uh, you mentioned it's not a goal to use a safe word, but often. I will use something that's not intimate to, to, to practice safe words. It could be something as, um, it could be just something annoying, right? Sure. It's like, oh, oh, I never a safe word. It. It's like find something that's just absolutely annoying. Like, okay, that has nothing to do with intimacy, se- yeah. sexuality, or anything like that. I'm just going to do something annoying to you and you're just not going to like it. And I want you to be able to just say no. It's like no, I'm just gonna be tough about it. And it's like, yeah, but that annoyance or that uncomfort level is like, okay, it's just this is just stupid not to say no, no, yeah, so it's just stupid. so, um, and that's something that I would say, look at doing that in a non intimate space. That is something slightly annoying where no one's going to get injured, but it's definitely going to be annoying to the point where they're like, oh, you know what? I can just use this and then see your reaction. You just stop immediately as soon as they use a safe word. And it's like, good, you can use it. So I would say that's a a good way to be able to practice it without the same consequences as being in a more intimate or um a more dangerous situation where there's more safety risks so um just something that if you want to play with that's
1: that's a, create a safe annoyance uh you know annoyance safe word game yeah helping someone find their no is very important um to create safe consensual play between you and your partner um, just wanted to touch on some some helpful ways to negotiate consent within the BDSM community and, and hopefully in just the, the everyday vanilla community as well. Um, but we've, got, we've assembled kind of an eight-point checklist um, for what to do and what to think about when negotiating consent. Number one, consent needs to be the main aim and topic, not goal-orientated. oriented. is not a means to an end. You want to give an example of that? Well, as far as like a means to an end, or you want to talk about the cons the, you know the the act that you want to um, have or the time that you want to have, but you don't want to talk about it as if you're going towards that as the goal. You don't. You don't. You don't want consent to be the goal of go to the end it's to okay so it's consent to initiate whatever activity right exactly okay so and number two informed consent does everyone know what they are consenting to this is very important when it comes to awareness in the in the risk risk aware um of of rack and so you need to know what's going to happen who it's going to be with um if if there's going to be anything else involved, all these details so that you can be aware of what you're actually consenting to. Number three, ongoing consent. It's important that you check in and make sure that you still have consent, especially when going through some of the BDSM practices where you're switching from one technique to another. And you may have, you may have had consent before the thing started, but once you've done two or three things to this person, um, it's important to check in, make sure that you still have consent to move forward. Uh, number four, relational consent. Um, what are your individual needs? Um, as, and, and what is it that you want to get out of this interaction? um, separate consent and wanting. I think I talked about this earlier when, when we were talking about wanting, um, you may want to act to to participate in this activity, but once again, it may not be the right time, or maybe you don't want to do it in public and your partner does, but you're okay with everything else. Um, so, you know, that, that brings me on to number six, which is multiple options. Um, You can compromise and you can meet somewhere in the middle. Like, like I said, if there's, if there's just one little thing that's preventing you from, from being able to achieve negotiated consent, then, you know, be open and, and be flexible. Um, number seven is power awareness. Are there power dynamics in place that, that may, uh, coerce consent? You know, that, that could, um, examples of that could be race, uh, it could be age, um, experience in the community. Um, c- these can all play a factor in considering whether the person is, is giving you full-blown consent or, or coerced consent. And uh, finally, number eight is accountability. Are all parties willing to accept responsibility and accountability for their actions? Um, if you have pretty much nailed all eight of these things and worked through them in your negotiation then I would say you have a pretty good basis, uh, for your, your consensual play. Um, just, uh, final and closing, um, you want to go ahead and, and, uh, uh, close us out.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that one of the things too, is like, you only mentioned a couple things as far as, um, you know, the power dynamic, but mm-hmm. all, like anything could be looked at as power dynamic. It could be, uh, we have race, age. Um, it could be um, position at uh, work profession, um, anything that can be used as leverage, even gender, you know, um, the, the fact that you're a woman, you have, you know, the, a certain way that you're seen in community or transgender or gay or mm-hmm. all everything, you know, could be. Use as a tool of coercion and power. So you, that's something you want to just go around and kind of neutralize all those things. So you're you're at a level playing field with what you're consenting to, and where that consent is given from. That you're at a neutral playing ground. That you guys feel You're on the same level as you, as you, um, as you offer and accept consent in that space. But, yeah, I can go ahead and just close it out just um, for for everybody who's listening. Like, consent is a key to safe, healthy, and ethical BDSM play. It is something we take very seriously at Kinkist.com, and it will remain diligent in our pursuit to educate and provide safe spaces where we can keep each other accountable. This is the mission of Kinkist. Uh, To learn more about our community, join us on kinkus.com and sign up for a membership once we get that rolling. But definitely join us here on every one of our podcasts. We love having you here. If you do have questions as well, we're going to start opening it up. So we'll have callers, we'll have chats and all that. But for now, go back and review everything that we had in consent. And uh, brother, is there anything else you want to share before we hit the road?
1: You know, I just can't wait to show you guys what we got coming. And, and I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to what we have to say. Um, we don't, uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't always, you know, talk from the heart like this, but this was a very, um, uh, important, uh, message for us to get out. And I'm really proud to bring it to you today. Yeah, not as many jokes, but hopefully you're absolutely
0: cre- clear, because this is the key that unlocks the vehicle of all types of play and all types of fun activity in the world of BDSM. Without it, you can't do anything in this space, but with it, literally the sky is the limit. Thanks so much, and we will see you on the next episode. Hope